Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Recorded live. Okay, this is uh, session number four for... Um, Communication for Professionals, me and Onique are going to be uh, dropping some science. Uh, we're actually in session four, uh, halfway through, because this is a you know, one of the two biggest uh, sections. This, uh, this, the other section is um, the last one. Uh, it's called Clarity. When we get there, it's going to take a while, too. Um, so we started off, oh, by the way, today is a uh, July 25th, um, 2017, it is uh, quarter after 12, and um, we're going all the way in. So uh, last session, we, we started off in, in discipline number four, which is distinctions. We talked about mental modeling, what it looks like, how to deal with it. We talked about monkey mind, what that looks like, because if somebody's in monkey mind, it's just telling you that they're not conscious. And then we talked about the 10 types of vision. So, you know, my question for you is, um, what did you get about, you know, what we talked about um, last session? Because you was, uh, sounded very excited and inspired and impressed by what you heard. And we got more to go, but I want to know where you're at right now. Well, you know, it's just really what I got is really just, looking, right, just really being in in communication, right, and just looking, just really being more observant in everything that I'm doing, like really being present, the importance of being present, observant, and, and you know, noticing everything, um, everyone's communication, and saying what there is for me to say in that moment, yes. asking the question I need to ask, being bold, and asking for things that you know I need, and um, and I went to this conference, and the the head of the conference talked about there is a fundraising guide that we all should receive, that all the orgs should have, right? Yeah. And it goes over all the Africa fundraising and raising large sums of money, et cetera, et cetera. And I was like, so she said, raise your hand if you you don't have one. I raised my hand. A couple of other people raised their hand, right? And I'm like, I'm getting me one of them things. So I saw her. I went to her and I said, oh. I need one of those packs. We don't have any. So she goes, oh, I have one. Um, I have one. I'm going to see if I can get you some more. Honey, I said to her, I need one of those packs, and I'm leaving with one of those packs. She said, you know what? Come with me. Went to the one that she had, and she handed it over to me. And everybody was like, oh, how did you get that? I said, I asked. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? And I just realized how important it is to ask for what you want. Everybody just sitting there waiting that she's going to come and hand it to them, right? And I said, I asked. So what I'm seeing, you know, what I really got is kind of like, you know, listening for, listening for what I need, for what I want, that accent, and being in a conversation, right? Like really being in a conversation. Because if you're in a conversation, you're going to hear that the person saying, I'm willing. Yeah. I'm willing to do something, you know? I would do it for you, right? Yeah. And that's what I heard, and I just went after it. But it was like, oh, my gosh, we need one. Oh, my, how did you get it? Uh, 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 uh. So, so, you know what I hear? I hear that you, one, gave up your monkey mind practices, because you probably have three or four. Everybody got a few of these. It's like their favorites, or, excuse me, their monkey mind favorites. <laughs> it ain't that we have favorites. Is that it has it's, it declares itself as a favorite, right? So it sounds like you gave up your whatever you usually go where you usually go in order to to keep yourself from doing it or worry or whatever. So you shut your monkey mind off because you was too more committed to getting what you wanted than you were to you know being safe and secure or whatever else was going on, right? So that's part of it. And then the second thing is that you um, 
you know, were directing communication. And I don't know if you was trying to figure out how she was thinking or not. Maybe, maybe you was trying to dis- distinguish her mental model or you were just listening for clarity or something. But it sounded like you was also listening to how she was listening to this thing, you know, listening mm-hmm. to you. That's, that's, that's what I'm hearing. And I'm not sure if it was just, you know, general, um, what do you call it, general um, mental modeling, determining where she's at, or, you know, you was looking for, you know, how is she looking at this thing and how do I need to communicate to her in a way that works? I don't know. But whatever it is, you was, like, really paying attention to what was going on with her as well as with yourself. Yep. I was totally in the conversation, totally. And I was totally going to make sure that my communication tell her that I want one and I need it now. Yeah, got it. So my way that I spoke to her was with, with intention, clarity, and she just walked up there and handed it over to me. Love it. <laughs> okay, well, you know, every time I talk to you about what you got last week, you just setting it up for the, for the session to come. <laughs> it's like it's almost like you know what's coming, except for you just don't know what's coming. But you keep talking about what's coming, so I'm just letting you know. <laughs> We're gonna talk about like you'll get it in a minute. Okay, so anything else you want to say? Any nope. other incidences? Okay, great. So today, last week we talked about the big one that you really was into was the ten types of visions. And uh, it's big for me, too. But, but I want to let you know something about this. There's only half of the equation. Because I don't know if you ever noticed this, but human beings, generally speaking, uh, speak indirectly. A lot of the reason is because um, we, I don't think anybody on this planet has ever mastered communication. This communication thing that we have is so fascinating because there's just so many ways that you could be masterful at it and still not masterful at the whole thing. So, you know, if you're looking at this program here, right, you're looking at, you know, uh, the, the communication programs at Landmark, you think about the communication program over there with uh, Scientology, right? You know, um, I remember reading uh, uh, Dr. Deborah Tan, and she had two books that I read. One is, um, that's not what I meant. The other one was, uh, you just don't understand. I read those before I did any Landmark work. I mean, there is some amazing communication out there, sales training, right? But that's part of the reason why we speak so indirectly. There's just so many ways to communicate, <laughs> right? So what I'm about to talk about here is um, the way we speak. I'm calling it, the, I call it the 20 conversationalists. What that means is that these are the 20 different ways that people communicate the words that come out of their mouth, this style of communicating. And um, the reason why I have this along with the 10 types of vision is because people might see things one way, but they talk in a different way than they see it. So you can't hardly tell a lot of the time where they're at. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, you know, somebody has a horizontal vision, an X-ray, they're looking at life, but they don't necessarily want you to know that they can see through things, see through you. They might want to be talking indirectly to get what they want to accomplish, but they still see it this way. So, um, oh my God, I got I to gotta tell this brother. Oh, he me, um, he said to call me earlier than this. Hold on a second. All right, you hear me? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, yeah. yeah, uh, client is supposed to call me around between ten and eleven. <laughs> a little late. Got call me later. All right. So, um, so as a reminder, I'll just go through this again with the t- the ten um, types of vision. Um, horizontal vision is like project management vision. Peripheral is like checking out the environment and seeing how it's affecting the environment. X-ray vision to be able to see through things, people, places, and things. Intuitive is trusting your gut. Ground level is like just we got to be a reality, okay? Uh, connection is how things impact other things, almost like systemizing but not quite. 
Uh, microscopic mm-hmm. is getting to the granular details of finding so this is worth it. Authenticity is what's real, what's not. It's integrity focused. And then vertical vision is like visionary vision, uh, contextual vision as well. So people will be looking at things and determining what to do based on those things. But how they talk is a different thing. So, um, women after women after connection is what? After connection is microscopic. Uh huh. Financial. Uh huh. Authenticity. Uh huh. Vertical. By the way, okay. by the way, I, re- I I sent you the um, recaps from the other sessions. Or you, did you see those emails? Yeah. Look at it, and I, I also uploaded a Dropbox. I sent you an invite to the Dropbox folder. Yeah, I got it going. Okay, but I didn't send you the email for what we talked about last session because I wanted to send it all at the same time. So after this session, I'll be able to send you everything from the, from the discipline called distinctions. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that's why I didn't send this to you last week. All right, anyhow. So now we're going to talk about the top, the, 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 excuse me, the 20 conversations. So um, I'll just go and go start. So um, I'll read them out loud, and then I'll go back and start from the top. So you have protectionists. They, they speak the ways in ways to protect stuff. You got changers, people that want to change stuff. You got troublemakers. You got uh, the reluctant. You've got the doubtful. You've got non-committed. You've got the, the aligners. They always want to make things, uh, um, you know, peaceful. Whatever. You've got saboteurs. You've got inquirers. You've got cheerleaders. You've got egotists. You've got detractors. You've got manipulators, power brokers, negotiators, introverts. Martyrs, uh, perfectionists, pushovers, and volunteers. I know I said I'm upset I'm on the on the call, um, really, so that when you listen to it, you'll be able to uh, get it all at one time. But I know me saying it wasn't it's hard to keep up with that. So let me start from the top. Protectionists. These are people who are communicating to protect. Their thing. They're satisfied with life as it is. So what they're trying to do with their, let's say, financial vision and ground level vision is try to make sure that um, at the end they get to have things being ground level and put in, you know, in, uh, um, in, in, in financial vision, like risk management. They won't tell you that they're thinking about risk. They're trying to protect the way things are. They think the best way for them to maintain, to, to limit risk and to deal with reality is to maintain things the way they are. So they will communicate that way. <clears throat> but now a protectionist st- speaking style, because I'm calling it a speaking style, could also be any of the other visionary type, um, um, yeah, types of vision. Does that, does that communicate? Mm-hmm. Yeah, just because somebody's trying to protect something doesn't indicate what type of vision they look at life through. Okay. They're using protectionism as a communication style to accomplish their goal. Mm-hmm. So those are people that are satisfied with things that they are, and they're trying to, they're communicating to make things stay the way they are. And then the next one, is changes. They they're always looking to improve things. They they're like always trying to upgrade, like change, keeping things the same. What are you talking about? <laughs> they're like the opposite of the protectionist. They're like trying to improve stuff. They want to try to move the needle forward, you know, which is you know a good thing. Both of them are a good thing, depending on what it is that they're trying to work on, because you got to maintain stability as you grow. You know, you need to be doing both at the same time. Um, and so, um, but they're, regardless of their vision, they're trying to upgrade, improve things. So when they're talking, they're trying to get people around them, the team, their, their, their uh, underlings, 
their up, you know, um, um, upline, whatever. They're trying to get them to change, evolve, whatever, regardless of their um, vision. Make sense? Mm-hmm. Okay, good. Let's see that you're getting I got you to get it. And you got troublemakers. They talk as if they're troublemakers. Um, they're trying to, uh, they're rebellious, intrusive. And they're often trying to shake you and throw you off so they can get what they want. Mm. You've seen those types before, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And it doesn't matter what their vision is. It could be they need to get you out of the way so they can fulfill their vertical, their vision vision. You know, it could be that uh, they, they, they see all the details and they want to get you out of the way so they can manage the details or whatever. But they're doing, using those communication styles to influence you to get what they want. Mm. So, you know, Donald Trump could be called a troublemaker, among other things. You'll probably hear one or two other styles of his. <laughs> and that's only you stick to one style either. You could only do three styles to accomplish your goal at the same time. But this is for the purposes of accomplishing your goal. This is not a consciousness thing or a, or a um, you know, it's not like how your mind is going. It's the tool you're using to get what you want. I just got to, I cannot stress that enough. All right, the next one is somebody who's reluctant. These are people who are fearful of change. It's different from somebody who's just satisfied with things as they are. So um, somebody who's satisfied with things as they are, they're going to be, generally speaking, peaceful, and they'll protect what they got. But somebody who's fearful of change is reluctant to take any steps. So reluctance are people who are fearful? Yeah, they're fearful of change. They're reluctant to do anything. Part of it is that they're resigned. Part of it is that they're... So let me give you an example. So of, of reluctant, people who speak reluctantly would be... Um, um, so if, you, if you've noticed, you know, race conversations, you know, Make America Great Again was a dog whistle for we white people got to get our country back. And so they don't want things to change except for they wanted things to go back to the 1950s. They think that was the best era for white folks and for the United States. That's why there's a large reason why Donald Trump still doing what he's doing because they're reluctant of change. They're fearful of change. They're scared that black folks or Chinese folks are going to take over and then they got nothing. But that's just one example. You know, a woman who's got who's got uh, safety and security concerns with her boyfriend or her husband, she would use reluctant uh, language in getting him to cooperate with her. Give me an example. Um, I don't know if we should do that. Um, you know, we got to do all these other things. Um, do you know Kamor Johnson Bay, friend of mine, Kamor? Probably don't. Okay. Um, he's He just had a, a new baby uh, a few months ago, I think uh, four months ago or something, five months ago. And uh, I was on his men's team, me and him, and, and me and Clive, Tracy was on his men's team. And Clive's still there. I'm not there. But anyhow, um, his wife is always um, uh, verbally, um, I wouldn't say attacking him, but uh, verbally exp- expressing herself in the form of, we can't do that. So, oh, let me give you a specific example. So he's pretty good as an entrepreneur, uh, but he's been reluctant to go all the way out because he's doing pretty good as, a, as, as an electro, electrical, electrical contractor, uh, unionized. So anyhow, he uh, bought some, um, he bought a T-shirt uh, machine where he could actually print stuff on T-shirts in various ways. And he uh, and she didn't want him to go. Uh, she didn't want him to take over one of the rooms in the house because they ain't really got enough room for it. But she also didn't want him to uh, go out 
uh, and, and spend money to rent a space to make money so he could have the, the, the equipment in. He was, you know, um, how could I say? She was being uh, damned if you do, damned if you don't. I don't know how you're going to do this, but just, you, you just can't change nothing. Does that make sense? Mm, yeah, I guess. Okay. If the better one comes up for me, I can explain it to you. I understand um, what you're saying. I understand reluctance to change. Like, she wants to do things, but she doesn't want things to change. So he got to figure out a way to do it without changing things, which is weird. It's, it's most difficult. Uh, you're damn right. But that's what you deal with when you deal with the reluctance. Yeah. Reluctant is uh, scared of change. Uh, the next the next communication type, which might sound similar if you're talking to somebody, is uh, the doubtful, those who are doubtful. So those who are doubtful are suspicious. So they're going to be investigating you or what you're doing because they don't trust you. It's like lack of trust. That's different from fearful of change. But it could sound the same if you're not really paying attention to it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because it's possible to take what she was saying to him as being suspicious and doubtful that it's even going to work versus I'm scared that this is not going to work and, you know, I don't want anything to change because things are okay the way they are. Well, it's only the reluctant has some doubtful and some protection. She's protecting, she's satisfied the way things is. So the, the reluctant has a couple of those things running. That's why it's, it's so like that. Yeah. That's what it yeah. sounds like. It sounds like they have a strong combination of these things. Yes. Yes. But their main focus would be because, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm communicating this so that you could um, have this be a part of your mental modeling. Like looking at how the world is, is fixed in their head. That's the only. That's the main purpose of this this series of distinctions here. Does that okay, make sense? I'm yeah, I'm listening. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't have to get it dead right, but you do want to be in the neighborhood so that you can hear that they're they're being reluctant and they deal with their reluctance, and also to listen for what's their vision, what what way are they looking at the world, so you can give them what they want in spite of their fear or their reluctance or their resistance. Well, right, their, but if, if you realize the person being reluctant, then you can ask them, is it that, you, you know, you want, you know, you want things to stay the way it is, or you, you, doubt, you doubt that it's going to be successful or it's going to be long lasting, and then you can find out exactly where it is because they standard on something. Yes. You, you, there's, there's a fear of something. They fear of you're going to disrupt my life next thing you know, this thing gets really big and then you want to get a bigger house or you want to move to Tallahassee, or I thought you're going to spend all this money, and then it's going to be like a fly-by-night opportunity, and then what? Right. So it's something that they're sitting on. So if you realize that there are that, then you can these give you access to questions to find out even more. Anyway, go yeah. ahead. I'm, I have to plot things for my own stuff. Like, how long? Yeah, go ahead. I'm listening. My mind runs a little fast. Go ahead. No, but you're doing a fantastic job because – you want to listen for their communication style so that you can hear what's behind their communication style so you can get to them. Right, and you can answer it, and then, you, then, then they can move up and do what the hell you want. Exactly. So the point is, how it goes is their speaking kind of gives you, if you understand their speaking style, you can start looking behind the speaking style, asking them questions so you can get a better sense of, like, how they're really thinking. Because people right. don't speak the way they think. They speak the way they want to get something, in ways that get them what they want. Yeah. Right? So even if you don't have this, you know, perfectly memorized, you could tell, okay, they're speaking this way. What are they really trying to accomplish? And then you could actually go in, have powerful conversations, rather than be tricked by their communication style. All right. And you just said that. You just said it differently than what I just said. Yeah, go ahead. Okay, good. Good, 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 good. All right, then uh, then there's the non-committed. This person's communication style um, is a lot like, uh, uh, this is one of the ones that probably piss women off a lot when it comes to dating. <laughs> um, that's because this person is committed to looking good, 
but also has no clear intention or commitment. They're just going along for the ride. You know, that you've heard that term, uh, you can't push a wet noodle. Yeah. Yeah. Noncommittals are like that, but they don't want you to know that they're noncommittal. So they talk all nice and everything, but really what's behind it is they're noncommittal. And they use noncommittal language. Like, uh, we'll see, you know, leave back doors open like that. Mm-hmm. But they sound like they will make you think that they're, you know, along with you sometimes. And then sometimes they're just committed to being noncommitted because that's what they think is the best way to get them what they want. Me, what do you mean by that? To get the best, like being noncommitted is the best way to get what they want? Yeah, because they have the freedom, and then when nobody's looking, they can do whatever they feel like doing. Or try to talk you into something, if that communicates. Like, uh-huh. so um, uh, so let me give you, um, you know, a, 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 a dirty, down and dirty kind of example of this. So the United States is a unique country in that um, the founders of this country were masters at controlling people and at the same time masters of being of, of knowing how to not be controlled. So they had slaves. They controlled the shit out of those slaves. But at the same time, they created this Declaration of Independence in the United States Constitution because they're like, ain't nobody controlling my ass. Fuck y'all. Right? You can see that, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, they were able to commit to stuff that they were committed to, but if you listen to politicians, mm-hmm. often their communication style is non-committal. They say stuff to make you think that they're committed, but they didn't actually commit. So they have the freedom to do what they want to do when nobody's looking or whatever. Does that make sense? Uh-huh. Yeah. So the mind committed don't want you to realize don't want you to think that they're not committed because if you if you thought that you try to get them to commit and then they'd have to work harder to get what they want to get. It's a communication style. Mm. You can see that, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. I I heard that oomph like damn shit, that's true. <laughs> okay. Next. Um, it's called, I call it an aligner, they align. Uh, generally, they're more committed to creating peace and good feeling than to getting things done. Um, and, and it's almost always unconscious that peacekeeping is driving their words, actions, and deeds. They're more, in, in, they're more committed to like having everybody come together. I wouldn't quite call it kumbaya, but kumbaya is like a, uh, uh, exaggerated or amplified version of aligning. This is like, hey, can we all just get along, please? And then make something happen with it. Because bringing everybody together is going to help them fulfill on what they're out to create, given how they see the world with their visions. Wow. Okay. You've seen that before, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, saboteurs. Mm-hmm. Saboteurs, um, they just want to sabotage things. They they want to break things down so they can so that people are so um confronted by dealing with what just broke down that they now are in a position to do what they want to do. They break stuff down so that they end up being in control because people don't know how to deal with it, but they do because they wanted to do that in the first place. So they'll use that as a uh, tool to get what they want. Um, they'll sabotage relationships, whether it be gossip or you know, resistance of some sort. Uh, and often saboteurs, they're very subtle because um, they're not going to let you know they're sabotaging something. In fact, they can't let you know if they're going to be effective at sabotage. They weaken uh, any movement, actions, or commitments they're not aligned with. They know the degree, there's a good chance that they'll sabotage stuff. They'll use language. They'll probably use more than language, but they will definitely use language to weaken stuff. 
So give you an example of what I mean. So if you listen to uh, the, the politics of uh, the communication staff of the White House, they're constantly trying to sabotage the speaking of the, uh, the people, uh, uh, the news uh, folk that that's interviewing them. You can see that, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're like, fake news, what do you mean? What about, how will you just try to support the president and all this other stuff? Alternative facts, all of that. It's out to weaken, you know, uh, the um, whatever's going on. I'm not going to go into the details there, but, but you, you see what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. Yeah, and this is good because you're telling, you're showing me how, where I can point to, to so that people can see these things because I, I never thought about it like that. So thank you. Um, the next one is an inquirer. Um, this is a person that's committed to bringing clarity to whatever they're participating in. So they're asking questions. They're like news reporters. All they want is the truth so we can actually have something work. I'm sure I don't have to explain that one, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it could be a Lambo form leader. It could be, you know, you talking to your, your sons, so you can, like, support them or something, whatever. But um, that. then next one is a cheerleader. Um, they always cheerleading somebody, always cheering on somebody. Yeah, you're the best, man. High-five, all of that. So they figure if you like them enough, they can get you to do what they want you to do when they use this as a communication stop. Oh. Uh, yeah. Remember uh, Charles, um, what's Charles' last name? From Landmark. Got his I.O. for a long time? Charles, Charles. Wrong face, yeah. Charles? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember Charles. I'm trying to remember what his last name is, man, right now. But you know what I'm talking about, right? Happy-go-lucky guy, smile all the time. Yeah. yeah, he's a cheerleader. But he's also um, he's also a noncommittal. <laughs> and he also operates uh, reluctant, fearful of change. <laughs> he's got a few communication styles, depending on where he's at in the conversation. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. And you see what I just said, though, right, with him? The 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 reluctant. Yeah, he's reluctant, so he won't commit. He's like non-committal, and he's reluctant to have anything be different. Yeah. But he'll cheerlead you in the meantime, like, "Yo, man, you're the great man, oh man, my man, my man, my man." Well, as soon as you start talking to him, like, if he wants you to get something, that's his way of getting you to get something by cheering you on, making you feel good, you know. Yeah. That's his communication style, but that's not necessarily who he is, or how he sees the world. He just thinks that's the best way to get what he wants. And it's been working for him, mostly. And that's what yeah. these top 20 conversationalists are about. Not top 20, the 20. That's what these are about. These are about what do I need to say and do to get what I want. So um, there's the detractor. Um, a, de- uh, a detractor is somebody who's, whoops, what's that? Well, here's some feedback or something. All right. Um, so the next one is called a detractor. This is somebody who's, oh, I know who's a detractor, who used to be anyhow, uh, Akil. <laughs> I remember when he was young, I used to call him Dr. No. <laughs> he started off every conversation with no, no, no. And then... You leave him alone a little bit, then he start talking, you know? <laughs> um, I don't need to explain any more with that, right? Uh-uh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, boy. Akil, he's the man. I still think about our relationship back then sometimes, you know? It's awesome. Anyhow. Yeah, detractors, uh, they start off with no. They'll continue with no, and then when they start to relax, they'll start having conversations, real conversations. Uh, manipulators. You know, you could call them con men, but um, they know how to, they know how to twist around language, but they're, not, but they're really more committed to 
rather than making you think a certain way, making you do things a certain way, making you take the actions they want you to take. It could be a player, a manipulator. Oh, the manipulators. Yes. Yeah, they're always trying to manipulate your brain, your mind, you know, your motivations to do what they want you to do. Give an example. The player. God meets you. He sees you like him. He does all the things to get you to like him, and then he keeps control and make you start missing him so that you'll be desperate to, for him to be around so he can do whatever you want to do. And you'll be desperate for him to be around? So what? Yeah, you, what? you are not susceptible to players. You are, you, only our is immune <laughs> to players. But most women are not. Well, so what is <laughs> <laughs> so when you said they, they they manipulate you by and you said they they stay away for a long time and, until they get no, you to what? No, no, no. So a player will uh-huh. get you to they will see that you like them and then they will find out what it is about them that you like and they will keep giving you that stuff long enough for you to start becoming addicted to being around them. Ah. Uh. And then they will do whatever they feel like doing, but they keep the addiction and try intact. They're manipulating you. Uh, the media, mass media, for the most part, manipulates humanity through putting out the messages that they want humanity to think. You know, that's on a grand scale. But on a one-on-one scale, somebody's saying what they think you want to know or what, what you need to hear so they can get you to do what they want you to do. It could be a boss. It could be your kids. Kids are good at manipulating, <laughs> being a manipulator. They ain't got a whole lot of other things going for them, so they got to do, you know, <laughs> they got a few things, but that's one of them. Hmm. You know, um, <laughs> and sometimes these things are the same, you know, they, they, they combine. So I remember when my kids was little, they would ask me about something about food. I want to get some food or something. And what they were doing was, was trying to sabotage mom's, thing and separating us at the same time so they can say but daddy said i'm like no you ain't pulling that on me go ask mom he said, oh man <laughs> mom the, the, the police uh the food the, the food uh uh what they call it the food i didn't call it the food nazi i call it the food general oh the food general go talk to me talk to her she don't want she know what's going on with you <laughs> so they would try to manipulate me with their feelings to get me to give them something or to, or to not give them something that they were supposed to, that mom was dealing with. I never interrupted mom's opinions of uh, dealing with them ever. <laughs> it was fascinating. Um, so, you know, you got manipulators, you know. Uh, they're all over the place. That's one of the big ones, by the way. Actually, when you think about it, all of these are manipulating in some way, shape, or form. Because they're all designed to to be useful in ways to get what you want to accomplish. Yep. Yep. All right. The the 20 conversations styles to manipulate. Yeah. That's what you should call it because that's all you're doing. Yeah, I can see that. Totally that bit. So um, we've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven left. So it must be number 14 now. So the next one is a power broker. This is number 13, you asked. Okay, well, let me see. Uh, I'll, I'll read them off. Once I finish them, I'll go through them again and see if you missed anything. Um, this one is a power broker. This is a manipulator, power broker. Power broker is someone who operates like an authority figure. It's, they lean on their authority. So you could call them a bureaucrat as well. Mm. In fact, let's just call him. Let's just change that. And call him a bureaucrat because that's pretty much really what it is. You know? Let me change that right here, right now. All right, next. Um, 
you you've seen enough bureaucrats. I don't need to say nothing about that, right? No, tell me. Oh, a bureaucrat is someone who leans on their authority. Like I'm the boss, and I can't do anything because this is the rules. You got to do what I say because these are the rules, and I'm following the rules. And you need to follow the rules. Bureaucracy is a business model that's top-down management and leadership. So even if you got a good idea, you got to go to the top, and hopefully the top will listen to you. Otherwise, you get thrown away, or they throw away your idea, and you're left with nothing. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I hate to say it, but Landmark is uh, legendary in their bureaucracy. As a former staff member, I could tell you that for sure. Um, Everything got to get approval, right? Yep. Yeah, and so, but but even the ones who like the staff members are at their desks, they use. Hold on, hold on a second. Hold on a second. Akiva's calling. Hold on a second. Yes. Hello? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so, like, for example, Jamie Anderson. Uh-huh. Um, she operated like a bureaucrat. She was, uh, you know, bossy with her position. She wasn't always the last person to say, but she would use it as if she was the last person to say. Oh, I couldn't stand her. Yeah, it's because you couldn't handle her bureaucracy communication style. That was her style of conversation. That's how she got what she wanted. I, I had a hard time with it, too. <laughs> God bless. She never tried. Say it again? She never tried. Yeah, no. Yeah, that's a whole other conversation. That's because of her personality type. I totally get it. I'm not happy with it, but I get it. All right, next. Next is a negotiator. They they speak in the style of negotiation. They're always trying to make deals. <laughs> We're trying to win out. It's almost like it's always a contest with them. Well, when they're being a negotiator, they they they, they created a contest called "I want to get what I want." You know, it's like car sales when you negotiate when you're talking about the car price, the price of the car after you test drove it. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, or the kid wants to go out. You know, they they're old enough to do that on their own. But when they were young enough, they wanted to go out and they had to negotiate with mom to get out. <laughs> you know, so that's pretty clear. Yeah. Yeah, and again, these are all communication styles. People will use them because they think that this will be the thing to get them what they want. So um, the next one. I'm calling it a communication style, but I'm going to edit it. And when I figure out what way to edit it, um, you know, how to what to replace it with, I will. But in the meantime, there's the introverts. They're basically scared to say anything because they're scared they're going to lose, so they don't want to say much. I think it's more. I think it's more than a communication style. I think it's a way of life, and they're communicating in alignment with their mindset, personality. Mm-hmm. But in the meantime, they still are shy and reserved. <laughs> like, that's their communication style, shy and reserved. Limited, uh, um, hampered, um, controlled, like that. You know, you, you see it, you, you get it. Um, next. <laughs> Uh, the next one is uh, called uh, Victims. Victims? Yes. Yes, victims are, you know, victims of circumstances. Oh, poor wolves need kind of like uh, they complain effectively to get what they want. They are, um, they, they, they can be martyrs, but they're at least victims. Woe is me. 
for me, I find them hard to be able to figure out what it is they're really trying to accomplish because they're so busy um, being um, negative that it's hard to see what they could be positive about. But you got to know you're talking to somebody who's using victim as a communication style. Okay. Okay, great. All right, next is uh, perfectionists. Everything needs to be perfect. They always detail and stuff. The perfectionist, uh huh. Yeah. How, I does think that one, how does that one use that as, as a communication style? I'm going to tell you right this minute as I'm looking at this, I'm thinking, you know, maybe that's a mindset, not a communication style. But they definitely speak as perfectionists. They're critics. Oh. Yeah, you know what? My bad. They're critics. So I'm going to, rather than being a call them perfectionist, I, I've got to call them a critics because that's really what they are. Critic, criticism is a communication style. It also could be a way of life, but it could be a communication style just to get what you want. You know? A critic? Yeah. Well, I think a critic, I, I'm very much a, a critic. Very much yes. a critic. Yes. And you use that to get what you want in addition to the fact that you're critical. Exactly. Because if yes. I want something, I will find I'll be very critical and make it look that it's not <laughs> going to work. It's missing this. It's, it's worse when I don't believe that shit is going to work. Yes. <laughs> so you totally got that. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 so tell me about this critic one. Let me hear more about this critic. Yeah, Let me hear. So, ah. you know, being, being a critic is like tearing somebody or something down so that, you know, you can actually have things go your way. Like, it's almost like sweeping the, sweeping the floor so that you can actually have a clean floor. Or the other way that it works is by disempowering people, and then they just say, okay, fine, you're in charge. And you get what you want. Either way. Right. Right. And it it right. And and most of the time and most of the time like ninety nine point nine percent of the time I listen from that point. My Got communication it. style. It's coming from yes. that. If your stuff is not tight and you sharing it, yes. I'm listening for that point. Not as far as getting what I want, but it's in far of making sure that it happens. You know what I'm kind of to me it's like if you, you can get your topic or whatever to me, you, you stand 100% getting back in, financing, whatever, because yeah. I will find every loophole, every fault in that thing. You see what I'm saying? So I tell people, so if y'all want to get it to y'all, let it, y'all better bring it to me. Otherwise, yeah. <laughs> um, can, I, can I say something? Go ahead. <laughs> uh, I've noticed. <laughs> <laughs> When stuff fail, I say, oh, y'all didn't pass it by me first. You would have told you that. But listen, I, it, uh, listen remember, remember what I was telling you about the, the four stages that you would go through? Uh-huh. Yeah. Three of those four stages was inside of that. Oh, yeah? <laughs> the first one was like, I didn't say that. That's not true. The second one it was the worst of the four. The second one was you would be criticizing how I say what I said about what you did or didn't do. <laughs> the second part was when you was at, you was at the highest level of critic. <laughs> I didn't even realize it until just now. But uh, um, the only reason why I remember, the only reason why I had to stay in there, because I was like, if I stop anywhere, we're going to be doing the same shit again in a week. And so I had to, for, for me, it was like, for the sake of the marriage, I, got, I can't let this conversation end unless it ends completely it's a kid's complete and so that's what my that's why i was able to stay in there as hard as i was you know it was it was in support of of, of, of us working you know working out um but yeah you man i listen i just wondered why i wanted you to do this with me because you know i, I know you were gonna beat me up but i i, I know if i ain't come correct you're gonna have to straighten me out you know you you, <laughs> you you don't know how not to but it's good you know you don't you don't do it you don't do it out of hate or anger anymore you just do it out of clarity you know yeah, I want people like, to win. I want it to work. So right. Let me hear it. Like, huh? What? How are yeah. you going to do that? 
yeah, <laughs> and some people, and some people like you know when that they they be like, uh, so Oni, what do you think? Oh, well, wow. <laughs> 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 you sure you want to know how I think? Yeah. You know. Yep. So, yeah, but you also you listen from that because that's part of one of your visions. Mm. Right, so you looking at you know uh, you know you you deal with basic reality right ground level right ground level vision you need basic reality you you also look at things microscopically you need to see the details right am I accurate or what you still there or you're on mute I don't hear you you, you say it again say that last part again it's been breaking up oh okay so. When it comes to the ten, the ten types of vision, being a critic supports your ground level basic reality vision, right? Uh huh. It, it you know you've got uh, microscopic vision too. You can see like the details and stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah, and you also got project management vision. You know you can yeah. see from here to the end, right? So you know you got to criticize stuff so that it passes your test. Yep. And that's why and that's why you do it because you're criticizing to fulfill on your type your types of vision. Right. Me, I inquire, you criticize. But it's okay. Because you don't you don't beat nobody up no more, you know? Oh. No, I don't beat people up no more. I just I know. That's why I said it. <laughs> okay. Um next. After critics. Uh, these are pushovers. These are people who cave in. They don't stand up for their own standards. They're trying to be nice. They're trying to be approved. So they communicate as they move over because they think this is what's going to get them. They wouldn't do that consciously. A lot of these things are unconscious, habitual, like you just saw for yourself. Uh People not they're not sitting around saying, This is how I'm gonna go about it. No. They see what they see, they see they need to do something to make it happen, and then they take on those communication styles. Mm. Make sense? Yeah. Yeah. It's it's mostly unconscious. That's why I'm calling it that's why this whole section is called distinctions, so that you can distinguish what's their mental model so that you can communicate with them effectively. Make sense? Makes sense. Great. Now, it's a matter of practicing it, but all this is almost, almost all this is going on automatically, instantaneously, habitually. All right, so pushovers, they're the nice guys, nice girls. Please look. They think that's the only way they can get what they want. Let people push them over. Yeah. Well, they don't know that they're being pushovers, but everybody else, they're being a pushover. Okay. Yeah, be, Wait, tell me that one again. Let me hear that one again. Pushovers. They don't uh-huh. stand up for their own standards. They don't see themselves as a pushover, but they feel like a pushover. But they're not consciously saying, I'm going to be a pushover. You get what I want. They what do I- nice things to get approved and then get pushed over. But for you watching them, you need to know that they're being a pushover, that they're using pushover tactics to get what they want. Okay, give me an example because I I I, I don't quite because how could a pushover use it and then people say that they're a pushover like oh you can just I don't because because they are um, trying to be nice mm-hmm. because they think they're being nice. In their mind, they're not being a pushover, but they are getting pushed over, and they don't like being pushed around. But they get pushed around because their communication style sets them up to be pushed around. Well, give me an example of a real-life example of someone that was being a pushover. Okay. Um, uh, Let's see here. How come I can't think of one right now? This is challenging. Um, 
let's see, who do you know that's a really, really nice guy, want to do all kinds of stuff for you that you had as a, as a somebody who's, that was interested in you, but they were just, like, too nice for you? I never had that. Oh. So I had you, the non-committals. Ah, gotcha. Those are my guys. Non-committals. Yeah, well, that's because you were non-committal, too, so it was a match. You know? <laughs> okay, anyhow, um, who do I know is a pushover? So, oh, um, I was dating a woman named uh, Awi, Filipino. She's the one that put the toothpaste on my toothbrush in the morning. Uh-huh. She was being a pushover, but she was also, um, like, begging. She was doing begging. Uh, she was doing stuff to make me like her. Um, and that was a lot of her actions. But um, um, you'd see a pushover in a negotiation when he, doesn't know how to, he or she does not know how to negotiate. If you see people that are desperate for a job and they're at an interview and they're doing the same, anything that the person in front of them wants them to say, they think the person wants them to say to get the job, have you ever seen that before? No, I never was in it. But you mean that somebody would say, yeah, you know, I learned fast. Yeah, they said, well, we're looking for somebody with experience. Well, you know, I learned fast. You know, just yeah. give me a That's yeah. a pushover? Yeah. They're talking like a pushover. They may or may not be a pushover, but they're not standing up for themselves. They're begging. So a pushover is somebody who don't stand up for themselves and let people push them around or whatever, like yes. – um, so like somebody who um you say I'm trying to I'm just trying to think and they like and they agree with it and they're like, Okay, well she's a senior so she can tell me do that. Oh like yes. Like, yes, that's another way. Yep. But I know I'm not a pushover. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to push yeah, over. Yeah. No wonder you were saying was who's a pushover because you, you, you can't even imagine being that. No. <laughs> Well, you have to because, and I'm like, okay, well, yeah. Like my girlfriend, one of the girls was upset because the other day um, she was, she, she's a changer. She, she wants everything to change. She's a changer. Yeah. And um, she's a changer and she's, a, and she's, doubt, and she's a doubter. And um, those are two, and she's rebellious. So those yeah. are three communication sounds. And here it is yeah. now. She was looking for someone to get into agreement with, with this person to not have this person do what they want to do, right? Yeah. And I'm, you know me, I'm like, if your plan works and it makes sense and it passed my test, let's give it a try, you yeah. know, that kind of way. Yeah. So she, so I'm running through my calculations, you know, <laughs> and it seems like, okay, it's a go, okay, it's a go. And she's like, no, 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 no. And I'm like, no. And I'm like well, you know. I think we should let him go. All right, you said, all right, I'm going to give you one day. You know what I mean? And she's like, well, why are you just being a pushover? I said, I said, no, I'm not being a pushover. You know? She's like, why are you going to let him? Because I'm the one with the final authority. You know? Yeah. So she gets mad with it because I'm the one with the final authority. And she's going, going, so she's going to see if I was going to go with her. But again, the same thing what I'm realizing is that I have my own things that it filters through. And if your stuff filters through my thing and it passes the test, yeah. then you know, then she said, she felt like I was being a pushover. Like, oh, Jesus is being a pushover. Because you, I was like, mm, no. Anyway. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Okay. Um, all right. So um, the last one is uh, somebody who's a volunteer. I think that, you know, now that I'm looking at this, because I said, you know, I hadn't done this for a couple of years, so it's time for me to tighten this up. Uh, this last one, uh, we're calling them volunteers. They volunteer a lot. They think that if, if they um, act like, um, uh, like they volunteer, like they give themselves over to you, you give them back. So in their mind, they're trading. But I wouldn't call them traders. They're like, um, they're not asking for anything in return. See, a nice guy, a, a, a pushover, would be trying to get something in return, whereas a volunteer, 
they do it and they're not looking for nothing in return. Or at least they don't want you to know that they want something in return. They're hoping that you'll give it to them, but they're not ever going to ask. Does that, does that communicate? Mm, no. You said a volunteer not asking for anything in return. So if you look around, all the people that assist around Landmark, but they broke? Yeah. And they assist for years, and it still ain't making a difference? That's a good entire person. Yeah. Makes sense? Uh, so those are volunteers that are doing nothing, right? Yeah, they're... Um... They're still over there thinking about, um, how do I call it? They're still over there thinking about how they could, um, you know, get what they want. But if I volunteer enough, will you help me? Or will I get what I want or something? Like their communication style, the things that they want to do is out of volunteering, out of giving, because they're like altruistic or they want to follow instructions and be like likable to you. It's not quite being a pushover, um, but it's like, um, uh, you know, they will give and give and give and give and give without looking for anything in return um, because they figure if they give enough, you'll notice and then you might want to give them something in return. <laughs> You've seen that kind of mindset with people who assist around landmarks? Oh, damn. Okay, let's call it back. Oh, she'll call it back. Okay, well, I'm still here. I don't know what happened to her. Come on back, my sister. Name it. <sighs> All right, I'll call it back. Fine. Hey, uh-oh, maybe you lost the battery, so choose something. I don't know. Uh, I'll wait for you for a couple minutes. Let's see. Okay. I guess she must have ran out of battery just or something. I don't know what happened. Hmm. I feel like telling a joke. Nah, it's all right. I'll give you a couple of minutes and we can start here again, but uh
think I'm going to just end this call right now. We've been here for about an hour already, so it's all right. I'll have to finish this session, next session, which will be easy enough to do. Fine. All right. Well, um, that's all I got. Later. Hmm. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.